Hey everybody and welcome back to Brim, a global community at the intersection of climate innovation and justice. Today we take a trip to the Middle East, to Lebanon, to meet with Nuhad Awad. And while I was not able to get there in person this time around, um, two of us had a chance to meet at COP26 last year in Glasgow and it's been an honor to, to continue my relationship with her. Um, and this is episode 11 of Brim Labs. Thank you everyone for, for listening in and um, really hope you enjoy. All right, everyone, thanks for being here. Today, we have the pleasure of hearing from Nuhad Awad, and she is a, a campaigner, um, an UMA for Earth campaigner at the Greenpeace, Middle East, and North Africa. Um, thank you, Nuhad, for being here today. Hello, Thomas. I'm very happy to be in this call today. I would like to thank you for uh, taking time uh, for this podcast and uh, talking about Oma for Earth project. And it's good that we build on connections and networking uh, that happened in COP26. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, no, and thank you so much for being here. Um, you know, I, I was very inspired to hear you speak and uh, to learn more about the alliance that that you're campaigning for and that you're a part of um, since COP26 has been uh, really inspirational. So um, very excited to speak with you today and share your story. So uh, my first question, if you don't mind, let's jump right in, um, is a little bit about your background. And I'm really curious to hear about your childhood, um, you know, where you grew up and, and what inspired you to become interested in climate change at, at a young age. Uh, you made me go back, back many years. Okay, I'll tell, let you know, uh, <laughs> I've been raised in Lebanon, but uh, my mom had raised me in a way that she used to tell me, we need to keep uh, the house clean. We need to keep our surrounding clean when we are on a picnic, we shouldn't throw uh, garbage uh, on street or like when we are on a picnic, we shouldn't throw uh, leave uh, our leftovers behind us. So all of these tips that she raised me uh, on made me more aware about our effect as human beings on the surroundings and how we can let to deteriorate the nature around us. When I was 14, 15, around this age, I used to take part in uh, beach cleanups and other environmental initiatives by different NGOs. Then this led me to apply to study environmental health as an undergrad. And I did a master's degree in environmental sciences. And at that time uh, I've started in 2015, it was uh, the Arab Youth Climate Movement in Lebanon after it was launched in Egypt in 2012. And here you can see that there is a jump. It's not a jump. Climate change is part of the environment. But it is, I more became more concentrating on climate change at that time mm -hmm. because I had a, an admired professor who used to attend the UNFCCC negotiations for 10 years, and he had introduced me to the subject. So I've read about it and started connecting with like-minded youth in the region and the started Arab Youth Climate Movement. Then in 2015 also, I've received a scholarship from Younger 
which is the NFCCC constituency for youth to attend the climate change negotiations in Paris. And from there, my regional work turned into international one and I've been part uh, of different regional and international initi initiatives. I've been the uh, younger focal point in 2017 for developing countries. I've been part of the board for the Mediterranean Youth to Climate Movement for two years. I've been also SDG ambassadors in the Arab Youth Sustainable Development Network also for around three years. Uh, I've took part in different initiatives online and offline. And uh, also I've been for one year the regional coordinator in Climate Action Network in the Arab world. And currently I am the campaigner for Umma for Earth project with Greenpeace, Middle East and North Africa. Awesome. Well, it's a, bit, it's a great background and a great lead in to, to a little bit about UMA for Earth. So um, I've really enjoyed getting to know more about this alliance and um, the work that you're doing. But would you mind giving everyone a little bit more information on how did the idea for UMA for Earth come to life? Um, tell us a little bit more about it. And we, we can dive into some specifics too, but an overview would be Let's say this started in 2019 as this creature research and uh, a lot of readings. And in 2020, Greenpeace set out with other four organizations, uh, IFC Eco Islam, Global One, uh, Islamic Relief Worldwide, and uh, uh, the two of us of Greenpeace, Greenpeace Indonesia and Greenpeace in, uh, Middle East and North Africa. They said like we need to, to change the current status quo and we need to raise the inclusion levels of Muslim voices in both the global climate conservation and on local level. So these five organizations, let's say, became the co-founding members of Umma for Earth Alliance that has mm -hmm. grown now to be 12 organizational allies and four individual one, and we are still growing. Hopefully we're gonna have more allies on board. And at that time, we set a three-year goal for this Umma for Earth project, which is to catalyze a new and resilient Muslim climate movement in allyship with Muslim groups, key influencers, religious leaders, and cultural ambassadors around the world. And this is how it all started. We wanted to reach to these new audiences and to make the Muslim voices heard on international arena. Amazing. And I, you know, one of the one of the things about the initiative that and the alliance that has struck me um, has been the the UMA stories and the story map that you have pulled together of different, you know, positive examples happening around the world. You know, when I when I think about Brim and what we're hoping to um, to build and to speak about, there there has to be room for signs of hope, right? As, as we call it, and, and positive, ex positive examples along the way. Um, but there are so many other initiatives that you are, you're working on um, in addition to the story map, but would you tell us a little bit more about some achievements, landmarks, um, and what the initiative is working on right now? Okay, you like the story map and 
here I, I invite you and invite everybody listening to us to share their stories on the story map. Uh, like at the beginning of our project, after we after it was launched, uh, we had uh, started a Umma Stories platform, which is a story map that enable external figures like activists, scholars, celebrities to share their personal stories, to share their insights about climate-related issues. Uh, till now, approximately, we have around 180 stories from all across the world, which more than we expected and we set as a goal. And these stories are like of two kinds, stories of vulnerability where people had shared how did the climate change affected their life. And we also received stories of action where we uh, people shared with us how what different initiatives they did in order to fight climate actions. After that, uh, there was our uh, push in Ramadan 2021, where we say it's a good time and it's the right time for good deeds. So at that time we engaged with 90K young Muslims in a truth or dare game, where we had four micro influencers that uh, challenged the, the audience and challenged these young Muslims to take a wide range of actions throughout the holy month. Months. This allowed them to realize and embrace how we need as human beings to take a stewardship role for this earth and how our everyday habits can become lifetime habits that have a lifetime impact for the Ummah and our planet. This also brought us 12,000 12, supporters more. Yeah. After that, uh, we have our Ally Global One. We launched Green Guide to Hajj and Umrah uh, in uh, July 19 in English language. And also on October 20, we launched the mobile app and we launched it in Arabic language. And this allowed to shift from personal work into collective agency and power. This guide and app encouraged pilgrims embarking on the Hajj journey and the Umrah journey to reflect on their role, not only within their families and societies, but also the universe, and to perform Hajj and Umrah in an environmentally friendly man manner, consistent with Islamic values and protecting the earth and all life upon it. We went from, uh, yeah, <laughs> thank you. We went from Green Hajj to launch a Green Mosque initiative during uh, COP26 where we met in Glasgow. And with funding from our ally Islamic Relief, we installed solar panels on Glasgow Central Mosque to highlight the role that Muslims can play to address climate change. And uh, this was followed with a high profile dinner where imams, community leaders, MPs, director of Muslim organizations attended and they showcased the potential of the Ummah to tackle climate change through a solution angle. Now, our alliance includes, as mentioned, 12 organizations and uh, four individual allies from around the world where we share values. And these allies and people are committed to the climate cause. And we continue to build our audience reach and online engagement month on month. And uh, if you allow me, I would like to uh, name our allies since like I've named the co-founding members. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> thank you for this. And 
uh, I would like to list them and send them a thank you and a round of applause. We have allies in USA, Green Faith. We have in Europe, IFIS Eco Islam, Islamic Relief, Global One, and Baho Trust. The four of them are based in UK. From, from Southeast Asia, we have the Center for Islamic Studies at National University, PPI UNAS in Indonesia. We have our office in Indonesia. Uh, that's part of Greenpeace Southeast Asia. And from the Middle East, we have Greenwich Organization in Egypt, Adyan Foundation in Lebanon, Atlas for Development in Morocco, Green Generation Foundation in Jordan, and ourselves, Greenpeace Middle East and North Africa. And we have Dr. Aoudil Jayousi as an individual ally, Nana Furman, Tarek Lealami, and Dr. Fakhreddin Mogonjaya. So these are our allies, and we are currently getting more allies on board. Uh, awesome. And I, I think the first time we, we spoke, um, you know, back in, I guess that was November or December, um, there were only 10 members of the Alliance. So even, even in the last two months, um, you've been adding more and more, which is really exciting. Um, and I, I will make sure that um, it, with, this, with this interview, you know, I, I will make sure there's a list of the Alliance members that, that we can share um, with whoever's listening, um, because it's a really incredible list. And it's interesting, you, you mentioned Green Faith in the U.S., right? Yeah. Um, okay, because they, they actually just launched, or in, they're doing great programming throughout the year, but in, in January, I believe they did a, uh, a Living the Change challenge where they asked people from across the world to, to make a pledge for a specific action that they were um, going to commit to that would benefit the world in one of many different ways. But I ended up uh, agreeing to have 75% of my days be vegetarian <laughs> for January, oh. uh, which was a challenge for me, for sure. Um, but I, I ended up making it and um, it was a very cool experience because you felt like you were part of a sort of a global community working on very specific individual action that manifested into something larger, which it seems like is very in line with, with the Alliance, the UMA for Earth Alliance as well. It's thinking about how individual action can build up to something greater. Um, which is very inspiring. And you know, this is what we aim in our work as Umma for Earth, to encourage youth to engage in climate actions. Yeah. And work more on whatever level they see as suitable level or that can make a difference in the planet and in other people's life. Yeah, well said. So in your opinion, you know, how, how can we encourage more youth to engage in climate action? And, you know, what would you say to, to others uh, to convince them to work on climate change right now? Mm. Okay. This is a very good question. <laughs> <laughs> you know, a climate change impact 
intersects with so many aspects of people's lives. So what is really needed today is to highlight these areas, is to highlight where these impacts are and to raise awareness around the real long-term impact on the lives and livelihoods. And here like came Mother Earth work with young urban Muslims to provide these yums with a platform to engage and to allow them to share their stories and like they be able to speak out on the issues that are affecting them the most. While, celebrate, while like at the same time, we celebrate success stories and highlight community-led actions and solutions around these issues. So like our message to young people is one of hope and agency. Change is possible and you can be part of it. Awesome. And it, I remember the first time we spoke as well, you know, you, you brought up the importance of, of faith yes. um, as, you, as you start to uh, encourage individuals toward action. And, you know, as, I, as I've been talking to more people, um, you know, it seems like faith can be a really powerful motivator in that way. And I think, you know, leading off of that question, everyone might have a different answer to this, <laughs> but I'm, I'm curious from your perspective, you know, what, what does climate action mean to you? Because I, mm. you know, when there's in the conversation today, you know, environmental justice or climate action, everyone's talking about that, right? And it's a big buzzword that, you know, every organization company around the world is committed to justice and committed to environmental justice and action. But um, for you, what, what does that mean? You know, like I've, I've, it really got my attention when you spoke about faith and the climate action and that this got your attention. Uh, the issue is that the way to reach to people is to talk to their values. And by doing so, you can get them engaged. And uh, coming here to answer your question about what does climate action means to me. Uh, to me, let's say, I'll try to make it uh, uh, concise more. Uh, climate actions means playing an active role in protecting the planets with all its creatures from the adverse effect of climate change. And a key step to that, to do this protection, is raising awareness between people on adaptation and mitigation efforts, which goes in parallel with pushing for policy change to make sure that greenhouse gases emissions are eliminated once and for all. This is climate action, in my opinion. Well, to work on both levels. Yeah, awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time today, Nuhad. Um, I really appreciate it. And, you know, is there anything else that you would like to, to mention for us today? I, you know, one of, one of the questions I love to ask, and um, I apologize because we did, not, we did not talk about this beforehand, but I'm, I'm curious for you where you see the future of climate justice and climate action going. Um, you know, I, 
is it alliances like this UMA for Earth Alliance? Um, yeah, interfaith work. You know, how do you see how do you see the the change in the action um, evolving as we move into COP twenty seven in Egypt and into the future? It's you know. It's not easy. There is a lot of obstacles. There is, there is a lot of challenges for us. And at the same time, um, there is a lot of hinders. But we as civil society, as activists, as different uh, organizational members, different whatever you want to say, coalitions, alliances, or organizations, are taking a lot of initiatives and doing a lot of good work on ground. And it's the same as snowball effect. Interest is increasing by time and time. We are reaching to more people by time and time. There is more interface uh, work by time and time. You either, more people that were never in the climate arena are now becoming there and their voices are being heard and more indigenous people are raising the voice. So these efforts need to be emphasized. These efforts need to go on and organizations need to work hand in hand in order to achieve that. Hopefully I was able to answer your question. <laughs> that was a great answer. And I guess my, my last question for you is how can people support you and your work? Um, how can they get in touch with you? And if, if there's something that, you know, if, if someone is listening to this conversation, um, how, how can they support you? How, okay, I would like to invite them to sign the pledge of Oma for Earth. I would like them to share their stories and I would like them to go and do whatever can make a change. Even if it was simple individual act as stopping the single use plastic or like uh, conserving energy or conserving water or even like working in communities as happened with us in the Green Hash Guide or some or, or going to COP advocating for youth involvement, advocating for uh, making this uh, place encompassing all faces and everybody and protecting the most vulnerable and these communities that are mostly affected and nobody hearing them, making sure that we are making their voices heard. From your place, each everyone hearing us, whatever you can do to achieve these goals, to help people adapt to climate change, to help change the policies on that, please. Let's all of us do that. Well said. And thank you so much for your time again, Nuhat. This has been a really amazing conversation. And um, there's a lot of information that I will make sure that we work together to, uh, to share with everybody. Um, but I'm really excited to, to continue to work together. Um, for everyone listening, stay tuned. There might be some further collaboration um, between BRIM and UMA for Earth. Um, but we're looking forward to, uh, to continuing the partnership, Nuhad. And, and thank you so much again for, for sharing your experience with us. Thank you for this opportunity and looking forward for further collaboration. Awesome. Thank you for all Take of this care. hard work.
Take Thank care. You, you as well. Bye, Nuhat. Bye-bye, Thomas. Thank you. Bye-bye. <laughs>